And you're working on something good But if it's really good You're gonna need a bigger room And when you're in the bigger room You might not know what to do You might have to think of how you got started Sitting in your little room da da everybody doing are we on the radio now we are all right let's give a little bit for the for all the radio listeners let them know we're doing a live show tonight uh welcome to white tiger radio's comedy night glad you guys are here Well, I have to say that I did shave my legs for tonight, so I hope you guys make it worth my while. Um, do you guys ever encounter people out there in the world who uh, think they're heroes, but they're really not? Me too. Just today, I was out driving around, and uh, I was at a four-way stop. I came to a stop, and the guy on the right came to a stop after me, we sat there, we waited for the other two cars to go, and then he waved me on. It, but it was already my turn. <laughs> and he was sort of like, why don't you just go? You should go. I'm building up karma, you should go. And sat back in his car and kind of waited for the thank you wave. But then, so then I'm paralyzed, I can't do anything, I can't actually even be outraged because he'll just take it as a thank you wave. I can't be like, yeah, no shit, I'm gonna go, asshole. It's my turn. <laughs> he'll just be like, oh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> he'll just take it as a thank you wave. And so I, I couldn't do anything, I just went. Uh, do you know who else isn't a hero? New parents. <laughs> New parents are not heroes, but they think they are, you know? There's a new parent in the grocery line, her little baby's in the cart, the baby makes a noise, and she just smiles and looks around like, did you guys see what I just did there? I, I just made a baby, and that baby made a noise. And how about that, right? And they just, they're trying to make eye contact with everyone like it's, like it's a miracle, like people don't accidentally get pregnant all the time, you know? As though, you know, a meth addict in Clackamas couldn't make a baby too, you know? <laughs> Just like you did. It's not, that, it's not that impressive, but I'll tell you what is impressive. If that same person could go say, I don't know, 10 minutes without referring to themselves in third person, I would be impressed. You know, like, wait right there. Daddy's going to go to the bathroom. Daddy will be right back. <laughs> the other day I was at a coffee shop and... There was a mom there with a baby who was just at the age of just slobberiness and sticky fingers and a total nuisance. And she had this beautiful pearl necklace on and he, the baby was just grabbing at the necklace, grabbing at the necklace. She's like, don't touch that. That's mommy's necklace. Don't touch mommy's necklace. Mom, daddy got that necklace for mommy when daddy made a really big mistake. And mommy loves this necklace. She, 
she wears this necklace so that daddy doesn't make that same mistake again. Don't touch my necklace. So, Dylan, what did I just say? And see, that's the thing about third person is it's pretending to be a parent and then you actually become a parent and you talk in first person and you yell and then shit gets done. But not referring to yourself as mommy. Nothing gets done when you refer to yourself as mommy. Uh, but I'm, I'm honestly not a total dick, you guys, because I actually do believe that there are heroes out there. I do believe there are heroes out there. And one kind of person that I really admire is that person who knows how to get dropped off in a car. Because I don't know how to do it. I don't know how, why, how people know how to do it. You know, you're two blocks away, you start winding down the conversation, like, hey, you know, thanks a lot for inviting me out tonight. That was, that was, really, that was really fun. And uh, thanks for driving. That was great. I mean, that was really good. And, you know, and then you get closer, and then it gets confusing because what, what, what do you do now? Like, how long do you stay in the car? Is this a hug goodbye person, you know? And if it's a hug goodbye person when you're outside the car, that's one thing. But then in the car, there's, you're so close already, and there could be big jackets, and you're like, you're hugging in the car, and it just seems like something could happen that you don't want to happen. And, and what, what, when do you get out? See, for me, about a half a block away, I just put my hand on the door handle, they stop, I get out, hey, thanks, you know? <laughs> But then, this is a trap, because you think you've got it under control and you've avoided any kind of trouble, but then there they are in the car, and they're like, hey, um, are, you gonna, are you gonna come to that thing on Monday? Uh, and, and then you're like, oh, and then you're, now you're just, oh, I don't know, and then you could be a half an hour, you know, leaning in outside, I don't know, I don't know, I have a dentist appointment, I'm not sure if I can do that. <laughs> and then they're in there, you know, leaning out with their hand on the passenger seat, well, it'd be great if you did, you know. And then, did you, did you know that Sherry broke her leg? No, oh my God, that's terrible. Are we going to send her flowers? And that could just go on. You're like literally hovering around for hours. And, and uh, so that's how I do it. And it's awkward. But there are people out there who know how to do it smoothly. And those are my heroes. Those people are my heroes. Thank you for coming out tonight, you guys. We have an awesome show. We have... Four killer local comedians, and uh, I think we're just going to get it started, and we're going to bring up uh, our first comedian, the world-famous Whitney Street. Hello, everybody. Hello. How's it going? Are you, are you woo, obviously? You're probably woo. Are you woo? Fantastic. It's a very woo-worthy room. I really like it. It's great has the appropriate number of clowns for a comedy room, which is one or fewer. <laughs> I like it a lot. I'm happy everyone came out, uh, braved the cold, <laughs> as it were. It was, it was kind of cold. I like it when it gets cold. The snow day was kind of cold. That's the best I feel like we can say about it. But uh, <laughs> on the snow day, I saw a woman shoveling leaves into her garbage pail with her bare arms on the snow day. I'm like, we're not, okay. I'm from Colorado, this is ridiculous, but things were fine. Thank you. But I do like it when it's cold because uh, you go to wear layers. I like layers a lot. Uh, I feel like the best thing about layers is that at some point, the layers that you put on the outside mean that you don't have to wear a bra anymore, and I like that. It's like a different temperature depending on your level of, you know, chestfulness, but like it's, there's a point, there's a point. Okay, the word, okay. 
It's just a true fact. You, can, you don't ask people about this in the grocery store, but if it's cold outside, half of them aren't wearing bras. <laughs> and those are the men, whatever. <laughs> things are great in my life. Things are, are, are going quite well. I've been trying to be more of an adult. I feel, I feel like I'm 30 and now I should be an adult uh, and I'm just not. <laughs> like in any, I thought they would send me information, like in the mail or something, you know? <laughs> thought packets would be delivered. There were no packets. Uh, I went to the internet, I googled how to adult, never do that. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot be unseen. <laughs> but so I've been trying to forge my own way, you know, make it out on my own. Uh, I changed the bottle on my gravity bong. I feel like that should count, right? <laughs> you know, uh, I used tonic water, it felt more mature. <laughs> safe from quinine now, and uh, safe from quinine, no. Quinine is the real threat. It's malaria that's the threat, but don't drink your bong water. That's the point of this. It's <laughs> the end point of that. I feel like I feel like the most adult part about my life is the fact that I have a 401k. <laughs> that is the full extent that I know about it. I don't know anything about it. I don't know where it lives. I don't know what kind of movies it likes. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I don't even know the word that comes after 401k. Like, it might be plan, it might be epiphany, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a scaramouche. I feel the same. I feel the same way about my 401k that I feel about most David Lynch movies. Or I assume I'm only gonna get like half of this. <laughs> Doesn't matter how old I am when I try. I just need someone to give me the straight story on Roth IRAs. These are just references. Yeah. Sorry. There's a lot going on. It's popping. This mic is popping. Popping in the club. Sorry. Too much, too much. See, I'm not a very good adult. I'm not good at the adulting thing, you know. I do have a job that seems adult in my life, I guess. Uh, pretty adult. Thank you for the weird golf claps for my job. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh wow, one of them is employed, that's great. <laughs> Thank God. I like my job a lot. I get to do a lot of cool things with my job. Uh, lots of random stuff. Uh, I recently got the opportunity uh, to go skating. Roller skating, like rollers, roller skating. Skating on rollers I had to do. Uh, it's much harder than I remembered <laughs> from childhood. And I think that is because when I was a child, I wasn't constantly thinking about the other feet that had been in the skates. <laughs> So many feet, so many feet. Are you thinking about them too? They're really scary feet. Touching the stand. I also got the chance to go to the zoo recently. I liked that. It was a fun time. Uh, the zoo, zoo is great to go. A great place if you're a person. <laughs> Super fun time. I really like it uh, because I think the zoo is a great place to go if you need to fart. <laughs> like the whole day. <laughs> With a startling impunity. Uh, what I'm saying is, how would they know? How would they know? There are elephants everywhere. How are they possibly gonna blame this on you? How are they, what I'm saying is don't go to the zoo with me, okay? Like, <laughs> especially if you are this tall, do not do that. Not safe to ride. <laughs> not safe at all. So I, uh, I'm reevaluating my political beliefs. That's part of being an adult, right? <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Uh, I'm an anarchist, uh, kind of. 
not really. <laughs> like, I'm an anarchish at this point. <laughs> like, like I'm right there on the edge anymore. Like, I still got all the fiery feels, but you know, like pragmatism sometimes. Like, I just feel like I'm not as committed to the anarchism as I used to be in my life. You know, like I'm like, fuck the system, but then they use the post office like all the time. <laughs> <laughs> not committed or I'm like I'm a cultural revolutionary but I sing along to Nickelback on the radio like I'm lying <laughs> I'm lying to myself I feel like the most anarchist part about my day uh no sorry I feel like I, I've been to lots of like actions, you know. I've been to enough actions to call them actions with this face, you know. Like I, that's what I've done in my life as an anarchist. But I feel like I never feel more anarchist than when I am blowing my nose in the shower. <laughs> like that's the moment, right? You're like tapped into your power center. You're just like, hmm, no tissues, no masters. It's great. <laughs> Strongly recommend it, you guys. Start a revolution. Freak out your cat. <laughs> Be the change that you want to see in the world. I don't know. It's hard to know what to do in your life, where to go next, what jokes to tell. It's hard. <laughs> but we do it all. I do, oh, I want to tell you one more thing about my job. I got to go to lots of cool places with my job. Uh, I recently actually got the opportunity to go to the Darwin Museum, which is really rad. Sometimes gets a woo, but uh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Obviously, nobody's listening, so, you know. <laughs> Up there, <laughs> upstairs, and upstairs. There's, there's, and there's an upstairs. Um, anyways, uh, I don't know if y'all are aware of this, but at the Darwin Museum, uh, they actually have evolving glass doors. In the front, are you guys just taken in this mime work? Can you just love it? <laughs> Need to tell I was a theater minor. I can juggle too. I did a little bit of extra research for that joke, went the extra mile, if you will, and uh, come to find out at the Creation Museum, they don't have any doors at all. No, weird, right? It just starts out of nowhere. <laughs> How preposterous. Things don't work like that. <laughs> you're just like walking through the parking lot and then all of a sudden you're just surrounded by Genesis. Ah! Not coming with me. Okay, that's cool. That's cool, that's cool. I feel like a couple of you uh, might... Uh, I feel like some of you might not have come along with me on that one because you're saying to yourself, Whitney, that's not actually a Genesis song. That's just a Phil Collins song. But people, we are talking about the Creation Museum here, okay? This has nothing to do with facts. It has to do with what you feel is true in your heart. Uh, but I, I am, uh, I am switching subjects right now. I am, I am going to talk about dating right now. I am going to talk a little bit about dating. I'm currently in a long-term committed relationship. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> With this pair of fleece-lined leggings that I'm wearing, <laughs> uh, we're going to be together forever. <laughs> Nobody else has ever known me better than these leggings. I love these leggings. Okay, no, but seriously, I am trying to date, and I'm really bad at it. I'm trying to date. I am trying to date. I am trying to date. I'm trying to date. I can't do it right. I don't know where to put the emphasis. I don't get it. Like, I don't, <laughs> don't have any idea how to do it. I was carbon dating this guy for a while, but it 
turned out he was way too old for me. <laughs> he was practically a fossil. I'd sell the tag. <laughs> sell the tag. But I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to date. It's hard to find people to date. It's hard to date them when you're dating. It's all, it's hard when it's not hard. It's all very difficult. Like, everything is hard in my life. Uh, I have a lot of, I have a lot of sexual anxiety and, and I realized lately uh, that that manifests itself in my life by me just constantly kegeling. <laughs> just like all the time. Just like all the time. And guys I've been with have been commented on this. They're like, you're so tight. And I'm like, it's because I'm afraid of your dick. <laughs> it's troublesome. It's troublesome indeed. I've gotten to the point I've kind of gotten, uh, I'm not desperate, but horny. So I have, I've started considering strongly internet dating, uh, by which I mean I think that I would like to date the internet. <laughs> It totally gets me. Guys, internet pays way more attention to me than anybody I have ever dated. <laughs> Remembers like everything I tell it, like everything is already completing my sentences. It's adorable. <laughs> and it feels like every other week, internet is just offering me cookies. I can't top that. <laughs> this is all that I need in a relationship, you guys, is pastry and constant surveillance, and then I'm in. <laughs> this is all that I need. This is all that I need. I, I, um, I have, I have dated before, and I've got, but I've got this weird sexuality going on, and that's really why, that's really why I'm having trouble with the dating, like, alternative sexuality, alternative sexuality, 94.9, you know, like, that kind of thing, like, <laughs> your choice, your source for the problems inherent in the gender binary, that kind of thing, like, it's like AM, FM, I don't know, uh, it's just, <laughs> wherever the dial lands, I don't know what I am, uh, I feel like if your sexuality is defined as the group of people that you're having sex with at a given point in time, uh, then right now I think I would best be identified as stranger sexual. <laughs> kind of acquaintance curious, but I'm trying to dabble, trying to dabble. I mean, and, and you know, people use words, I think language is hard, language is very difficult for me. And, 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 and people use words to describe sexuality and I just don't jive with that. Just with any of them, I don't like them at all. Like, 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 like the word homosexual has never cut it for me. Uh, it's never been fully accurate, and also I can't say it right. Like, I, I, when I say it, I sound constipated and British. Like, I'm always just like homosexual, and I'm not. <laughs> None of those things. I was born here. I had a good lunch. Everything's fine. So like, like. Bisexual is closer, I guess, closer to the truth, but, but the prefix bi implies that there are only two genders, and we're all enlightened, and we know that that's not true, and that's ridiculous, so uh, we're not gonna talk about it anymore, don't worry. Everyone's like, oh no, we're not gonna talk about it, but oh, it's okay, but there's more than two. So at this point in my life, uh, it's okay, we're not gonna, it's okay. At this point in my life, I feel like uh, I would best identify as triceratops. <laughs> Okay, technically, Tricera switches, technically, but uh, <laughs> no one coming with me on the S&M puns. Come with me on the S&M puns. It's okay, it hurts, but it's a good hurt. Okay. Feels good when it hurts. I don't know. Sexuality is complicated, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But... <laughs> Uh, 
That's actually my real set, but I threw a couple jokes together for you guys. That's my big closer. I just, you know? Just, 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 and then, then I like walk off with it and I'm like, taking a stand! Okay. Not gonna do it, not gonna do it. Okay, I'll, I'll just tell you one more joke and then go. Uh, is that cool with you? Is that cool with you guys? Does that sound, yes, yes? Are we, are we intimate now and I reveal things to you about? about my life journey, and I tell you things? Okay, I'm gonna tell you one thing, and uh, okay. So I will tell you this, and uh, I've, made, I've made this decision, I made a bold, personal decision in my life journey. Uh, I have decided to name my vagina. <laughs> I have done that, I have done that. Has anybody else done that? Anybody here? No? Anybody else named my vagina? <laughs> we should probably talk, but. <laughs> but I have, I have, I've named it. I've named, I've named my vag. Uh, I've decided to call it the gender gap. Because it is a feminist issue. It is a feminist issue, my friends. Uh, and it is widening. <laughs> it's a problem of income distribution, people. It affects us all. Hey, that's my time. I've been Whitney Street. Thanks a bunch. All right, give it up for Whitney Street. Our next comedian is coming up. Let's welcome the world famous Jacob Christopher. World famous, that is right, all around the world of Portland. Well, thank you all for coming out. This is awesome. This is like a better organized show than most of the, all the other ones in Portland. So thank you all very much. Got a bar, got a stool, got a comedy night, advertising. I'm telling you, this is like better than 80% of all the Portland showcases and mics. This is awesome. Don't you guys hate it when you're trying to do a line of coke off someone's dick, but they won't stop moving because they're ticklish? <laughs> right? You're like, God damn it, Dad, this shit ain't cheap. Right, guys? Relatable. You know what? Maybe I shouldn't jump off. Oh, for the listeners... I should have prefaced for the people at home listening on the radio, I am wearing a cool black leather jacket and I look really cool right fucking now. So I can say things like that. I, uh, you know, I try to make a living off comedy, but it doesn't always work out, guys. I'll tell you what I did today, one of my mini side jobs. I was at Albertsons in Beaverton giving out coupons for free bags of coffee. Yeah, glamour life, people, all right? Glamour. I drive a 26-year-old Civic. All right, follow your dreams. But uh, it's, it's cool. I don't mind. I get there at 9 o'clock, high as shit. I'm just in my car getting high, and I'm just, eh, hey, whatever, go in there. I'm friendly. I'm pro, hey, free coffee, whatever. I don't care. First, I get my stand all set up, my little table, my little coffee display. First, first person I talk to, old lady from Honolulu. I agree. Hey, would you like a coupon? We're giving out coupons for free bags of coffee today with a smile on my face, engaging. She says, she goes, ooh, that's a great deal. I already have a lot in my freezer. I just moved here from Honolulu. That's how I knew she was from Honolulu. <laughs> and, right, and I'm just, oh, I'm happy, I'm high. I'm just like, oh, that's a big move. Big, just, hey, we're personable, all right? That's a big move. I'm talking to this person. And she says, yeah, I had to. After my husband died, I couldn't afford the house payments, and the bank took it away from me. <laughs> Which is pretty heavy to lay on a stranger at 9 o'clock in the morning, guys. I was the first person I talked to, and I'm so high. I said right back to her without even thinking, just rolled off. I'm in my smile mode conversation. I'm like, well, I bet some free coffee would turn that frown upside down. <laughs> it's number one in Italy. That's what I said to her. What a goddamn salesman, people. And she got some. 
So I said that. I used the phrase, turn that frown upside down to a woman about her dead husband and repossessed house. <laughs> awesome. I love it. All right. Uh, like, you know, I grew up in a very small town in Virginia with like, you know, I grew up on a farm. My graduating high school class was like 20 people and there's no crime. Yeah, it's terrible. It's, uh, and like, like no crime. People don't lock their houses or cars. And when I was like 14, 15, I used to break into people. I used to walk in the back door of people's houses and just like look around and I never stole anything. All right. I want to make it very clear. And another thing I used to do when I was 15, I'd walk up and down the food line grocery store parking lot looking for a car with the keys and the ignition unlocked. And I always found one. And I would jump in it, and I wouldn't steal it, but I'd move it to the farthest corner of the lot <laughs> as an inconvenience, all right? I did this like a dozen times. And I would just get out, and I'd walk over to the McDonald's and just sit there and watch for the reaction. And it was always the same, like five stages of, always. I did this like 15 times. It was, all right? They're, walking, they're happy. They got their groceries. Life's fine. Then they get confused. They're like, wait a second. My car should be right around here. I'm not... What's going on? And then that turns into panic as they're frantically scanning the lot. Like, holy, my car, did it get towed? It couldn't have been stolen. What's happening? And they see it in the corner all by itself, and they go back to confusion as they walk up, and they're, like, looking in the window, like, what? The, this is my, my lipstick. This, I didn't park here. This clearly, what is going on? And then they would look around, do the old one, two, left, right, and then just jump in and leave. All right, they always accepted it. That was always the final. They never, you can't call the cops. Right, where, hey, excuse me, officer, someone moved my car. Like, what the fuck do you want me to do about that? Right? Victimless crime. But one time I did it to an old woman. Like, really old. And I took it out of the handicapped spot. I should have known. All right? This is, like, obvious. And I moved it. And it took her, like, 15 minutes to get to her car. from. She, this woman came out with a walker. All right? And I knew immediately. I was like, that's it. That's her right there. And hold on. Would you all... Look, she had, she had a bag boy carrying her groceries. So it wasn't that bad. All right? You know the best part? I was watching got that for that reaction. And the bag boy, the whole time the bag boy's just rolling his eyes. Like this stupid, crazy woman forgot where she parked her car. She's all confused. Just taking that heat that I gave her. Oh, it was great. And then she got in her car, looked around, just drove away. And that was it. Fucking, you ain't calling the cops. All right, I'm winning y'all over, all right, right? I'm really winning y'all over. I, uh, when I was like seven, I grew up on a farm in like, again, small town. And like, my best friend had an older brother named Zach who was like 19 or 20. And I idolized him because he was like a big brother, role model, badass figure that I didn't have in my life. And again, 1920, he drove a Mustang, smoked cigarettes, and he was covered with tattoos. And that's what drew me in, because, you know, here in Portland, y'all don't give a shit because you're born with tattoos. But in Virginia in the late 80s, very exciting, all right? And he was covered chest, stomach, arms were sleeved out with these abstract geometric patterns and designs, and I loved it. So one morning, riding the bus to school, I took out a marker and started coloring in my own arms to make them look just like Zach's, right? Out of admiration to kill time. And it's a 45-minute bus ride, so by the time we pulled into primary school, both my arms were sleeved out. They were covered. I looked just like Zach. And I was proud, all right? I got off, I'm the coolest kid in second grade walking around, just, yeah, I got sleeved up arms. My friends love it. And then, like, after 10 minutes, the principal saw me furious, 
All right, Mr. Lattimore, he grabbed me by the neck, drug me in his office screaming, just, what have you done? I'm calling your parents. This is unexcusable. Just like really yelling. This is, again, late 80s when child abuse was way more manageable and acceptable. And you could just scream at children. <laughs> and he was just letting me have it, just cussing at me right in my face. What the fuck have you done? Anyway, long story short, that's the day I learned what a swastika is. <laughs> so, yeah. Apparently, old Zach was a really cool white supremacist and all those abstract geometric shapes had a meaning. So yeah, I walked, I walked into second grade with like 60 fucking swastikas going up and down my arms. Like, yeah, it's cool, right? Is this not cool? All right, guess not. Whatever, fuck it. Who cares? I, uh, I used to be gross. Is that, that's weird to say after all the things I've already told you. Believe it or not. I used to be, I used to be like, you know, way more, and I used to like never go outside, and I played video games like 15 hours a day, and I would not leave, I would, I would not even leave, I'd piss in the bottles, all right, and just leave them in my room, all right, and I'd have like 30 bottles of piss in my room, all right, and with the cap screwed on, people, it wasn't that bad, right, yeah, it was, but anyway, one day a friend came over, I had like four bottles sitting on my desk, he's like walking, hey, what's that, man, I was like, quick, juice, it's juice, no more questions, get out, all right. He's like, oh, I'm really thirsty. Can I get one of those? And I had to make a decision. I got two choices, guys. Either admit the truth. Hey, it's full of pee. I'm gross. Go ahead and laugh and make fun of me to my friends, as you should. Or just give him one and let him figure it out on his own. And he can still laugh and make fun of me, but he'll have to tell my friends he drank my piss, right? What option do you think I went with? Obviously. I'm not a monster, though. I gave him the freshest bottle I had. That shit was still very warm. And he took, he took one of those huge, like, halftime commercial Gatorade double gulps off that without even thinking. And his reaction was great, all right? Because all he did, he just goes, you really should keep these in the fridge. And he finished the bottle. So, yep. Jacob Christopher, everybody. You can uh, Google that. That's how I got diabetes. Or he likes drinking piss. I don't know where to end that joke. People, I don't know. I'm not saying it's bad. People like drinking piss. You can go on Craigslist, find someone close by that'll come to your house, drink your piss, and leave, all right? That's real. You all know this. Don't look at me in judgment like I'm crazy. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I, uh, I am thinking about growing my hair out, guys. What do you all think about that? Is that a cool? No? Complete silence? All right, thanks. I feel like for a ginger... That's awesome. I used to have long hair growing up. Like in middle and high school, I had really long hair. And I kind of miss it. Because, you know, when you have long hair, you're, you just feel like a badass if you're a guy. You're like, yeah, I look like Thor right now. Fucking yeah. <laughs> right? That's how it is. But as I've gotten older, I can't help but cringe when I look at those old high school yearbooks. I don't have that Victorian-era vampire hunter image that I remember so fondly. I look like some just B-grade Spider-Man villain with AIDS is what I look like with long hair. It's not a good look. All right, like the Green Goblin sidekick, sidekick is what I look like, all right? <laughs> Fucking hard. And I'll be honest with you, the real reason I cringe is because three out of four of my high school yearbook photos, I'm wearing insane clown posse shirts. <laughs> whoop, whoop, anybody down with the clown in here? No? It's all about that life growing up, people. I ain't even lying right now, dude. I had all of ICP's albums. Y'all ain't, all right, look, I ain't proud. I ain't proud. I'm not bragging. All right, I've made mistakes. I'll give you another example. I'm losing y'all here. Some I used to smoke crack. All right, hold your applause, please, everybody. Let me 
finish. Is that not related? I did. When I was 18 to 19, I started smoking crack in Virginia. And then it got bad. I'm glad that some people are like, you should laugh at this. But I started, like, stealing from my parents to buy more. And then I started selling Coke and crack to support my habit. So I drive up to Baltimore, pick up four to six ounces of Coke, bring it back to Virginia, cook it up, and sell it. Do you want to fucking hear me? I could put out a rap album and have more credibility than little fucking anybody, but no one would believe it because you're racist. I am hard, trust me. Could follow anyone here down the darkest alleys of Gotham at midnight on a rainy, foggy day, and you, or midnight, and you just look back and be like, oh, don't worry, it's some Mormon vegan gay guy. We're fine. I'm fucking hard. All right? I'm not, I sold so much crack, y'all. Y'all have no idea. Ended up buying a car. I... It got, my habit got so bad, I ended up pawning a drum set I got from the Make-A-Wish Foundation to buy an eight ball. That's not really that funny. I shouldn't have ended it there, but I am. I'm like, I literally made a wish to get high, and it came true, all right? I'm not lying. Why am I telling you? Look, I do want, if you take anything away from this, I want you to know I sincerely feel worse about listening to Insane Clown Posse than I do about smoking all that crap, all right? I am a recovering juggalo, goddammit, first and foremost. So yeah, I'm trying to say, I'm not sure if I should grow my hair out or not. What do you guys think? Did we ever come to a, did we get on that? I don't know. No, I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you. I'm fine. He said I'm fine. I'm fine. I, uh, what are y'all, y'all any hot topics in the news y'all want to discuss? I mean, I'm open. What is that? Is that, what does that mean? Two minutes? Oh, all right. Let me wrap this up with something relatable. Hey, we got homeless people in Portland. They're fucking, I support them. A lot of veterans and disabled people, I always give them. Remember that dude who played trumpet out front of that bridge forever who died? He was the shit. I gave him a dollar. I gave him $1,000 out of my pocket. But we also have a lot of Portland homeless, which I'm not too fond of. And by that, I mean young, able-bodied, 20-something-year-old anarchists with dreadlocks who I don't support at all, all right? And I'll lose you all right now, but I'll win you back. I don't give a shit, all right? They can occupy my taint. Every single one of them can get the fuck out of here. They're bullshit. All right, I'll tell I went to Ground Control, the arcade downtown, y'all are familiar with, right? Boo, someone booing Ground Control? I don't know. I went there to take a dump, all right, like a few months ago. I'm serious, all right? I was actually at Embers, but I can't go in those bathrooms for reasons you don't know, because I didn't tell that joke, but a dude showed me his dick. Regardless, and I'm fine. Right? Ground Control has the best bathrooms in Portland, bar none, all right? I'm serious. If you don't believe me, you can go to barbathroomreviews.com. That is a real website that I made while high on mushrooms, like back in November, <laughs> that I have kept up with. I have kept up with. In fact, while I'm plugging that, they got nice bathrooms in this place. If you go down those stairs to the left, I'm serious, it's nice. That's right, they know. Fucking stand-up shower, nice calming seafoam green walls. It's got plenty of towels and toiletries and even books. You can drop a huge deuce in there, right? And you can read about that on barbathroomreviews.com. I've already uploaded it to that site. You're welcome. Anyway, so story. Let me tell this goddamn story. I walked. I, w I went to take a shit at Ground Control. Homeless kid out there, you know, 20-something with dreadlocks. Just a stereotype I hate. And he's like, hey, man, can I have some money? And I was like, nah, man, sorry, I can't help you. And I walked by, which is a very polite way to end that conversation. But he didn't want it to end. He saw me going to the arcade, and he spoke up, and he goes, well, I see you got enough money to play video games, but not, not enough to help out another struggling human being. You're a real good role model, he said, with triumph in his voice, trying to get that last hurrah. And I'm just trying to take a dump. All right, you know this. <laughs> I didn't come here for this hobo to hand me down lessons about the life. He's failing, and it made me angry. So I just point blank asked him right to his face. I was like, dude, 
you're a white guy in your 20s living in Portland, Oregon. We are the 1%. Do you understand? All right, we have it so fucking easy. What is your excuse? And I'll tell you his excuse, super quiet room. I'll tell you his excuse verbatim. <laughs> and I quote, just because I'm white doesn't mean life has been easy. I'm sorry. It's hard to say that without laughing, because obviously it does. But I digress. Just because I'm white doesn't mean life has been easy. My father walked out on me when I was 16. Yes, thank you. 16, goddamn. Do you under, I'm not trying to undermine the importance of a strong father figure in the household, but at 16, it's time to buck up, champ. I mean, Jesus Christ. Right? Thank you. If he had said five or eight, I would have sympathized. He is not getting last word on 16. So I fired right back. Just point. I told him right there. I broke it down. I said, dude, that's rough. But when I was nine, my father shot and killed himself in front of me. Which, no, that's fine. That's great. That's, that's not a very funny thing. That's fine. That's fine. It's okay, though. It's also not true, though. That's the point. He is not winning this conversation, goddammit. Do you understand? Fucking go big or go home. All right? And what I said, he literally was like, fuck, and took a step back and took his dog and walked the hell out of my life, all right? I took an amazing shit. And I guarantee you the next morning when he woke up, he looked in the mirror, shaved off his dreads, and found a goddamn job. So you're welcome, Portland. Thank you all very much. I've been Jacob Christopher. I had a feeling when I saw that black leather jacket that that guy had uh, driven to Baltimore to purchase drugs. I just knew it. I knew it. Give it up for Jacob Christopher, please. And now, our next comedian, the world-famous Christian Ricketts. Uh, good one, Lou. <laughs> now... See, now I can't do it again. I was going to do it again for like another five minutes, and you just stole the thunder. I was going to be like, oh, all right, Lou, I'll put another one. And then you've already seen me. You've seen my DVD, obviously. I've got a lot of stuff in my pockets. I feel like, like uh, some old country boys catching toads. I've just got something in each pocket right now. I'm going to work away through my pockets, gang. I, um... Hi, my name's... Well, like they said, my name's Christian Ricketts been dealing with that name for a long time. I don't like it. One of those things is a bone disease. And the other one is a religion. You decide. <laughs> I was paranoid one night, and I was worried that because my bones were creaking that I might have rickets. <laughs> yeah. Suicide note writes itself. <laughs> I think. I was so relieved, though, when I went online and I read, and it only happens to children. I was like, oh, phew, thank God. <laughs> only to sweet children. I guess, I, 
because both things they OJ Simpson had it. All right, moving on. So <laughs> that was like that was a thing. I think like in my early twenties, I would bring that up at parties sometimes when I wanted to be interesting. You know, sometimes people would be like, "Oh, they pay you to live in Alaska," and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, well OJ Simpson used to have rickets, and then we'd be friends." So <laughs> that's how that would work. My way to work the other morning, I was uh, red-eyed and I was groggy. I was walking out of an alleyway that was behind my house. There's, there are plenty of nice alleyways, and you say an alleyway. I didn't just get in a chain fight. <laughs> this isn't Lad's edition, so there are like flower boxes and a little lemonade stand. So I was leaving the alleyway, and I was like mumbling to myself out loud. I was like, just. Because I, I, I like listening to Terrence McKenna, and so I was like, ah, like I was like pretending to be Terrence McKenna on my way to work. I was just, just amusing myself, and a, um, I was like, yeah, time's an illusion, but I was saying it out loud and as a man, and then a boy was walking, and he saw me like red-eyed, disheveled hair, and. And the kid saw me, and he went <gasps> like it, like scared. Like when kids in movies are scared, they go like, <gasps> "What?" And then, <gasps> "Oh no, a bad guy!" I was a bad guy. See, I grew up being afraid of bad guys. Now I'm the bad guy. And uh, he was like running away, and I mean. I had no choice to follow him because it was in the direction of my bus stop. So. <laughs> that was really, I was really scared. I mean, like, uh, I get, I get nervous. Like, you know, it's, you know, if anything happens to him, especially because he's blonde. Anything happens to a sweet, precious blonde child, <laughs> everything stops. The buses run late. It's that's why Home Alone was so intriguing. What's gonna happen to the blonde boy? <laughs> Everyone's scared. Brown-haired kids home alone? Good. Who cares? <laughs> Who gives a shit about the brown-haired boy uh, home alone? Oh, is there some guy's breaking in? Ooh, well, maybe he deserves it. <laughs> ah, so, this jacket's getting really hot, and maybe it's the brick wall behind me that's just absorbing heat. <laughs> or maybe because we're in a jungle and... Uh, Making eye contact with an apex predator <laughs> that has its own radio show. <laughs> so I was walking through a parking garage, and um, there was a sign that said, This facility contains chemicals known to cause birth defects. So I had to remind myself future reference if I'm ever pregnant, don't need a parking garage. <laughs> Because the end. <laughs> okay, guys, why did the dog suck its own dick? Why? Wait, hold on, I told that wrong. Why did the dog suck its own dick? Oh, wait, I still told it wrong. Why did the dog try to suck its own dick? What? Hmm? Yeah. It's real quiet. <laughs> because I was wearing a dog costume. <laughs> And I had to go to the library because they have heating there, and you can do whatever you want at the library. Just push them around. You know, if you go like, you just want a book, you just take it. 
Just take it. You don't have to ask. Give me that. Maybe someone will be like, oh, excuse me, you're absconding with a volume. You know what you can do? You just push him to the ground. Guess what, egghead? I stole the book about violence. You brought this on yourself. Lou wrote that, in case you're offended. In case you're offended by that last one. Man, it gets so quiet so fast. It's like we're in a garage. <laughs> I was thinking earlier, the like, garage is like a car barn. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. It is. I was filling out a job application recently. This is something I, I, had, I hadn't expected to encounter this, but on the job application, you know, you have to read a lot of disclaimers. I guess they're trying to cover their ass somehow, but there was like a page I had to read explaining the difference between flirting and sexual harassment. I said, sexual harassment is offensive to many people who shouldn't do it in the workplace. So it's kind of brief. But then the flirting part was like, like flirting is a regular part of any workplace, and it, <laughs> it can build self-esteem <laughs> and confidence. Like, it was trying... Like, I feel like what happened was that there was two drafts of this thing. Like, the first one was... The first draft was written, and it was just telling you, don't sexually harass people. And then the male boss went to the female worker who he is the supervisor of, and he was like, hey, sugar tits, what the fuck is this? Hey, what about flirting? Come on. You got a beautiful body. You should enjoy it. I was being amazed. Northwest staffing. <laughs> so, but then they have a nickname box. That's irrelevant. Nicknames, come on. A nickname is how you get away with sexual harassment in the workplace. <laughs> oh, that's just Speedboat. He always exposes his genitals <laughs> to women. <laughs> get away with all kinds of crap. I think that's sometimes why people will give themselves nicknames they just fall that's the worst when someone just gives themselves a nickname and they just introduce themselves as that for i don't know however much time their life is They're like hey everyone calls me wingnut no one calls you wingnut <laughs> you called yourself that no one bought it so you had to move to another town and they assumed you earned it somehow <laughs> if you if you the only people who should have nicknames if you're capable of a lot of violence and you sell a lot of drugs maybe the two things are the same like Oslo, you know, it's like, oh, everyone calls him Oslo because he strangled a Norwegian <laughs> in an alley. See, alleyways, they're not so nice, are they? Mm. <laughs> Snug up on you. I don't know, I feel like if you have a nickname, you should like earn it somehow. I was at, there's this bar, really seedy, gross little dive bar I like going to by my house, and um, He's like, when I want to drink, and I want to drink alone, I want to do it in a bar, and I want it to be horrible and disgusting and dangerous. I want to feel like I'm inside of my alcoholism. <laughs> That's important to have that experience. And there's this. It's just me, the bartender, and then one guy who is facing the fake wood-paneled wall with a row of shots in front of him. He's just sitting there, and I was like, who's that guy? And I was getting a little buzz. And then bartender's like, oh, uh, that Spike. His real name's Mike, but don't call him that. He'll get really mad. Spike. <laughs> Why would you even fucking tell me that? <laughs> Why even hand that? It's just, this is a big red button and it'll kill everyone in the world. 
don't press it, even though it's shiny. I just shined it. So, I, uh, I'm a cheeky cat, so I was like, I said, oh, does he just do that out of spike? And I looked, I was, and I was like, hey, who? And then, and like the guy's head like went up, he's like, mm, mm. Went back to drinking, I got away with it. Like if you're gonna have a nickname, it should make sense. You know, it's like everyone calls me Skip. Why do they call you Skip? I can't go within 200 feet of a school. Like something like that. <laughs> then you should have a nickname. Something that makes sense, something that's tied to your personality. What, uh, what did the, You guys like impressions? Me too. What did the sausage maker say to his, say to his wife? You're the worst. <laughs> like classic stand-up poses. Like what did the squirrel say to his wife? You're nuts. I know, yeah, I, I'm under a lot of, you're right, I'm under a lot of pressure right now. <laughs> Maybe we said and heard different things, but I'm under so much pressure right now. But you know what, and you, you know you're mad, you're like, this is just negative, it's pessimistic, there's a lot of negativity towards marriage in our society, but let me tell you something, those are both very positive jokes. The sauce make it worse, he makes bratwurst, it's a, it's a livelihood. Squirrels like nuts. I say it because like one time I said I said to my girl partner I said your food, and <laughs> Lou wrote that. <laughs> so I brought it brought it up here. I was reading a news article. I I feel like if I read really negative news stories hard enough it's gonna change the negative things that are happening. If I, just, if I just catch up, like there's that disconnect where it's like just because something is explained so accurately and so well by a very competent journalist, then somehow the problem is gonna get fixed. Someone else will fix it. I'm gonna read it really hard. I'm gonna read the shit out of it and then the world is gonna change somehow because I'm gonna whine about it. It's not quite... I feel like my relationship with like, like sometimes like like journalism's getting like journalists are getting really good. They're really, really having these insightful critiques and understandings of things that we have absolutely no control over and cannot change. But somehow it's like it's like there's like a party like here and it was like for like a, a kid and then some skinhead on bath salts just walked in because he saw balloons outside and then <laughs> and someone's like, excuse me, sir, there's a private event and then he just head butts him in the face. <laughs> And then in the corner is the recent NYU graduate uh, working for Vice.com. And he's like, don't worry, everyone. I'll handle this. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Violent Skinhead. I couldn't help but notice that you are violent. Your actions are abhorrent and totally uncalled for. So... <laughs> I feel like that's what that's all journalism is really doing. 
And if you are a skinhead on bath salts and you do want to headbutt a Williamsburg hipster in the nose, you're going to have to aim for the chin because the forehead is different in the eyes. So. I read this article and it was about someone who had committed suicide and the person writing it. I, there's a thing, whenever someone is die from hanging, they like to say he was hung by the neck. Like Especially if they're executed. It's like um, Saddam was saying he was hung by the neck. And the person writing is just going, yeah. <laughs> By the neck. <laughs> and they get up in their pajama pants and they go take a wet dump. It's 11 in the morning. <laughs> you know how writers are. Man, fuck the story of the sentence. I don't think that clarification's ever been necessary. What else are you going to hang from? You're gonna, the, the disgraced senator was found hanging by his arm. He died four weeks later. <laughs> Maybe that. That was the journalism part. That was the part about journalism. And I nailed it. <laughs> it's never going to happen again. We're never going to have information about anything. <laughs> um, you know, I used to really, really hate sports. I used to just, just to detest sports. But you know what, guys? Recently, I watched, I watched a sports game. And you know what? I get it. I totally get it. I was like, oh, I hate it so much. But now, like, I watched it, and it's like, you know, it's like I saw what was this. And I was like, oh. And then, like, you know, I get it now. And, uh, you know, in case any of you missed it, um, uh, I watched a recent uh, Ducks game, and I took some notes. I took some notes on it uh, in case you missed it, just to show the passion of it. A bright green field proudly hosts this event. <laughs> Many people are there at the game. <laughs> and they are ready to watch the game. <laughs> Notes of starlight illumine this tableau of righteous endeavor. The game begins. Who will win? <laughs> there are many athletes, but only one ball. Conflict ensues. <laughs> a grown man dressed as a wolf daydreams about having sex with an imaginary woman in a real duck costume. Large boys wearing stripes bully everyone around, but they go unchallenged. <laughs> they go unchallenged. <laughs> you know, it's weird. It's like they like everyone's paid so well. Like they only, they they can get plenty of balls for everyone. Like if everyone just had their own ball, <laughs> they wouldn't fight over it as much. Like I feel like it's needless. Just the aggression. Life is so short. I'm just saying, like, played against sports, didn't have to go out of business. Ah, <laughs> uh, an enormous robot appears, holding a chrome football. No one seems surprised. <laughs> one of the teams has won the game. And now it is over. Uh. 
oh, what a sensation. <laughs> my dad uh, used to really criticize me a lot for playing video games when I was a kid. Like, it just made me feel like I was a loser. And now the tables have turned, because now he's older, and he's, he's got a smartphone, and he's really into playing video games now. His favorite video game is charging his cell phone. <laughs> he can't get enough of it. He'll just stand there. I've never seen anyone so engaged with something that's automatic. Like, every, every little block going into the battery symbol is a spine-tingling moment, feeling just the suspense, and then it starts over again, and then I think, like, but then, like, the, the, the phone eventually gets charged, and I don't think he knows what to do with himself. He's charging the laptop, and he charges the phone. And then he takes a phone and he puts it in one of those little holster things. And he's just alone in the kitchen. What does it do? I think he should have like a little grappling hook like what Batman has so he can take it and fire it up on a rooftop and get out of his marriage. That'd be a good idea. Daddy could do that. I don't know. I like, like making fun of him. He's like, oh, you're comedian now. <laughs> he'll try and do he'll try and do these impressions whenever I'm around. And he no matter how much he tries to do the impressions, it's it's impossible because he's incapable of changing his voice. He can't change his voice whatsoever. He'll just do the impression with his body and get louder than usual. <laughs> so right now I'd like to do an impression of my dad doing an impression of Robert De Niro. <laughs> Are you talking to me? <laughs> I think if the shootings at the Canadian Parliament taught us anything, it's that the capital of Canada is Ottawa. <laughs> yeah, journalism, taking it. How much more, how much more time? One? Huh? Go away. You guys want it to fizzle out? No. No. Quick Q&A? No! <laughs> Should I talk more about dicks and animals? Yeah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll start over. All right, this one's just for Jacob. Um, how come you never see a cat's dick? Because it's always in my mouth. <laughs> Thank you guys very much for laughing on the radio. Christian Ricketts in an alley. Give it up. Let's bring up our last comedian for the night. The world famous Amy Miller. Yeah. Hey guys, keep it going for Shannon. You're a wonderful host. Are you all having fun? Yeah. Thanks for having us. This is awesome. How come you don't do comedy in town? You're so funny. That was funny, right? Yeah. 
I'm not just saying that because I stole some of your stuff inside. I really... <laughs> you should do it. You're funny. You're, like, cool-looking. You got those nice big feet. You should just get... <laughs> get out there! You guys are awesome for sticking around. This looks like a crowd that's still kind of sad about that car talk guy. <laughs> are you? Who listens to that show? I was super sad about it, like illogically depressed. <laughs> but I think now like e he should just end every show. Who watches it? Like most of the room? Yeah, I know where we are. Um, you probably don't even fix your own cars and you just listen to it and laugh. All these idiots fixing their own cars. Uh, I think he should end every show by saying, don't die like my brother. And then just weeping. <laughs> That is very sad. <laughs> um, it's fun. It's nice to be here. I've never done this show before. Um, I, uh, there's someone. Uh, can I tell our, the story about our fight? Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Um, I had no interest in uh, doing this show. Because, um, <laughs> you know, sometimes people are like, what's it like being a lady in comedy? You know? And it's hard to put your finger on it, but there are all these moments. And I had a moment with this one of your hosts that was one of the best ever. I was at a show, I was at a show, and I was standing around like four other comics, all dudes, and, uh, and he walked in the room, and he was like, hey guys, you know, whatever, friendly. And then he goes, well, are you on the show tonight, or are you just here to blow everybody? <laughs> and we had never met before. <laughs> That's what it's like being a female comic. It's just kind of a series of insults that you can't respond to because you have so many dicks in your mouth. <laughs> it's hard. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> uh, I know that uh, a lot of you who have never seen me before might be wondering about my ethnic makeup. Uh, I am white trash, so thanks. In case you couldn't tell by the acid wash. Um, I'm white trash. Sometimes uh, people in Portland get touchy about that term. You know, they're like, oh, Amy, that's not nice. You can't call people trash. Uh, and I'm like, okay, well, uh, next time my relatives get together, you should come over and see this fucking human dumpster I call a family. <laughs> you know, you're going to see a lot of garbage. Is anyone else white trash in the room? Oh, you guys have so much money, I want to throw up. <laughs> Just one subtle hand in the back. You made it, though, right? You got out of there. Yeah, I'm hoping for that day. Um, well, you might remember, uh, if you were ever a white trash kid, uh, you might know that uh, part of the deal is that in your home, at any given time, there's just a ton of dogs. <laughs> Nobody knows where the fuck they came from. There's so many dogs. You're like, are we adopting these dogs? Or do they just wander in? Why are we feeding them? We can't feed ourselves. Why are they always panting? It's winter. You know, just so many dogs. And uh, as a result of all those dogs in my house, uh, there are always just like a bunch of flies in our house. That's gross, I know, but diamond in the rough, you know? <laughs> So many flies in our house. And uh, I tried to get to the bottom of this once, you know, I was a curious kid and I asked my dad, I was like six years old, like so earnestly, so sweetly, I was like, Daddy, why do we have so many bugs in our house? 
And he said, it's probably because you're full of shit. <laughs> it's not good parenting. <laughs> but, uh, don't worry, because he died very young. So. <laughs> Joke's on him, you know. <laughs> Who's covered in bugs now, Dad? <laughs> you guys didn't like that part. <laughs> Too much death. Usually, at least, at least gets a groan. Hey, Kathy's in the back. I'm not gonna put up with it, all right? I'll just leave if you don't. Are you guys all friends, or you like invite strangers and stuff? You're all buddies. Let's try some positive peer pressure. And if anyone's talking a lot, really loudly for the whole show, just be like, don't. You know, we're all friends. Not naming any names though, because I don't know it. Um, <laughs> I had a little bit of a health scare uh, recently. I found out I had weird boobs. <laughs> Medically weird. <laughs> Aesthetically, they're amazing. <laughs> they're beautiful and supple. Perky for my age. Um, <laughs> Medically weird boobs. I was diagnosed with weird boobs. Here's how it happened. It was very troubling. Here's how it happened. I was at home and I was giving myself a home breast exam as we should all do. Uh, and you know, like you see those like, those diagrams and they seem like a very formal process. There's always that lady with like one arm up and she's in the shower and she looks so sad like she already has cancer. <laughs> like, Why are you crying? You don't know what's going on yet. I don't do it like that. It's very casual at my house. I'm usually like watching a movie and I just grab around, you know? Just start grabbing down there. And I was grabbing. It's better than nothing, you know. I was grabbing them. And uh, I felt something, which sucks. I did feel something. And uh, I was dating someone at the time. And I asked the guy who was with me, like, uh, hey, can you, uh, like, check this out? And that's what he said. He was like, um, that's pretty personal. I was like, um, you went mouth to butt last night. <laughs> you don't want to touch my breast, make sure I don't have cancer. <laughs> Piece of shit. <laughs> so I decided to get a second opinion from someone who's not a fucking coward, and I called a doctor. Uh, and I, my doctor is like one of these very cool, like Portland lesbian doctors, you know? She has the Ellen haircut and always wears Chuck Taylors at the office. <laughs> She's just overly casual about everything. <laughs> Too much bedside manner, you know? So she, she starts grabbing around down there, and uh, she feels something too, which sucks, because I want her to say what we all want here in this scenario, which is, you're crazy, nothing's wrong. Go have two bottles of wine. <laughs> like a doctor would say. Um, but she feels it, <laughs> and... Uh, because so, I thought it might be like a pinto bean or something, but you know, <laughs> turns out it was inside. Um, it was inside, and she feels it, and she refers me uh, to an ultrasound. And this is a really cool. I'm talking about how I might have cancer. <laughs> this is a really cool. Thank you, by the way. Positive peer pressure. Yes. <laughs> I didn't want to resort to like the kindergarten teacher, like clap once if you can hear me. You know. <laughs> You're benched. Um, uh, she refers me to go to an ultrasound to check out my inside bean. And um, this is a really fun moment in my life. Because I'm almost 34. Like, a lot of my friends are having kids. And I'm going for my first ultrasound. And it's just on my right tit, you know? 
my beautiful right tit. Um, I go into Kaiser to this ultrasound, and the ultrasound tech is so cute. She's like 24 and like blonde and tiny and like shy in this weird way for a medical professional, you know? She's adorable. And I uh, and I go in and I and I like do the reveal, you know. <laughs> By the way, are some of you like me, like way too casual at the doctor? <laughs> Like, they're like, okay, I'm going to give you a minute. Just put this robe on, open to the back, and you're like, done! <laughs> they're not even out of the room yet. <laughs> I'll take my pants off at the dentist. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> Casey needs to get down there. But I do, I'm uh, on the ultrasound table, and, um, and uh, I, I, do, I open my robe, and usually in this moment, like, people in my life will be like, wow, or like, thank you, you know. <laughs> or just like put one in their mouths, and she didn't do any of that. Um, she's a professional. So uh, I, you can go outside. I know it's really cold, but there's also like the inside you guys can chat or whatever if you hate all of our stories. Um, it's so distracting, I can't even tell you. Um, it shouldn't be. I should be more professional than this, but it's been the whole time, so I might have a... You guys might see a meltdown tonight. I have to leave here to do a second garage show, by the way. <laughs> That's how fucking awesome my career is going. Uh, so just don't make it worse. Um, so this lady does the ultrasound. Where we were is I still am worried I have cancer. Um... This lady does the uh, ultrasound, and she's so cute, you know, and, uh, and I'm so stressed out in this moment that I might have cancer that I decide to tell a joke I've been sitting on since literally I heard I was going to get an ultrasound. <laughs> and I look up at that screen, and I'm like, oh, is that the penis? <laughs> she does not laugh. <laughs> she's a very professional lady. Um, she finishes the exam, though, and you know, if you've ever had an ultrasound, like they put that gel on you, and she's so adorable. She like grabs a washcloth from a basket, and she comes over, and she goes, oh, sorry, got my goo all over you. <laughs> and I'm like, I know the last time I told you a joke, you hated it. <laughs> I'm gonna go for it again. <laughs> you just opened a beautiful door. <laughs> And she hands me this washcloth and says, oh, sorry, I got my goo all over you. And I'm like, oh, you're one of the good ones. <laughs> She's like, excuse me? <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, if you were like long-term material, you might have put a little warm water on it, but at least you didn't hand me my own shirt. <laughs> promptly ran out of the room. <laughs> she hated all my jokes. Uh, <laughs> she comes back. She comes back in the room. And, uh, and it's great news, you know. Uh, she says, uh, you know, doesn't we're not concerned about anything. Doesn't seem like it could be cancer. Um, what she tells me is that my breasts are topographically interesting. I was like, thanks, Ansel Adams. Did you go to medical school at all? Like, have you been trained? 
It was good news because no cancer, but this visit was $800. I know that's not a lot to probably a lot of the people in this room, but uh, it was a lot to me and I freaked out. Is it wrong that I was like a little mad I didn't have cancer? <laughs> For that much money? <laughs> so much money. Uh, but you know, I had a talk with my right tit and I was like, $800, you know what? You probably bought me at least a grand in drinks over my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> no cancer! Thanks. No cancer is just like a really cheap ploy of a thing to yell at the end of a joke so you guys clap. <laughs> and I'll be like, I got an applause break tonight. Yeah. Killed it. So cheap. Oh, it's awful. Um, I really like uh, action movies. Uh, I, I was sick a couple weeks ago and I couldn't stop watching action movies. And I love them because I can never tell if they're shitty or not. <laughs> but I watch them all to the end. <laughs> like I watched that movie Pacific Rim. Has anyone seen that? Yeah. Is it good? No. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. You would watch it more than once? That's crazy. That's not a good movie for small children. I'll tell you why. Um, part of the reason I love action movies is there's like this crazy version of men that I never see in my real life that's like laughable to me at this point. Like this is the first exchange in that movie. Uh, there's a guy in Pacific Rim who's like, you know, the he's like the typist for the ship. I don't know what that's called. <laughs> He's like the IT guy for a spaceship. And he's typing. Whatever. And uh, two other guys walk in the room. And this is their exchange. Like the first dialogue in that movie is the two guys go, Hey man, how'd it go with your girl last night? And the typing guy is like, I liked it, but her boyfriend didn't. And they're like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Like, and then he just goes, "A man's gotta do what a man's gotta do." <laughs> you're like, you're just being a. Sh oh, it's like everyone poly in this room. <laughs> you're like, yeah, that's just a regular thing that you do. But I get the feeling from the exchange in the movie that the said couple did not have that arrangement. You know what I mean? I don't think he was being a man. I think he was just being a shitty person. <laughs> But also, like, who taught? Like, if I walked in on some of my dude friends talking like that, I'd be like, "Are you guys on mushrooms right now? <laughs> what the fuck is going on?" My dude friends don't sound like that, you know. My dude friends sound like, "I'm bummed out. You want to get brunch? <laughs> you know, can you spot me? Um, can you pick me up? Like, that's that's what they sound like." But I love, I love those action movie lines so much and I want to get to a point where we still use them but then people just do regular shit after. <laughs> it's so funny to me. Like I want to see a guy in an action movie who's like, a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. And then you just see him taking a bubble bath. <laughs> you know, getting some him time. It's like one token black character walks in the room and is like, oh shit dog, you taking a bath? Good for you, exercising self-care. <laughs> We're under a lot of pressure out here. <laughs> and that black guy still dies because he's a black guy in the movie. Um, 
wife dies for no reason. <laughs> I want to see, <laughs> I want to see like a close up of a guy in an action movie, and he's like Geronimo, and then it pans out, and uh, he's just teaching a college course on co-opting Native American culture. <laughs> That's what I want to watch. <laughs> like the most classic action movie line, my favorite one, right? Like we've all heard it. Like I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> I want to see someone in an action movie go, I'm getting too old for this shit. And then you just see him saying no to tequila on a work night. <laughs> Having some water. <laughs> Maybe calling a taxi. That's what I want to see. Um, I, does anybody in here have children? Oh, where the fuck are they? <laughs> this is a solid night for babysitting in the Northeast. <laughs> Whoa. People are getting so many free pills right now. <laughs> By the way, if you have a nanny or a babysitter, lock up your pills. I don't, I took, I was high for like all of my 20s. <laughs> Never bought a thing. And all these bitches, I was like, uh, I was a nanny in Berkeley, you know, and like, which is basically feels like we're there right now. Um, I was a nanny in and all these ladies are like, I didn't need Vicodin after my, my childbirth, after my cesarean. I just did yoga. And I'm like, well, thanks for leaving it in the cabinet. <laughs> I swear to God, those kids were so awful. I would start every day with a Vicodin and like a screwdriver. <laughs> Got so I started like pouring water in their vodka bottles. Um, I'm just saying, lock up your pills. Um, that wasn't a joke. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just warning all of you and telling you about my experience. Got a lot of good drugs. Um, I don't have kids, uh, but I have. Uh, well. I'm about to turn 34, as I said. I, I mostly, like, all my friends are having kids. I don't understand the motivation, you know? I don't, like, I don't know why, as a woman my age, you would have children. Uh, when, as it turns out, you can just date them. <laughs> it's awesome! Oh, my God, like, you want someone around all the fucking time that you have to pay for everything for? <laughs> Nurture through a bunch of panic attacks? <laughs> And teach basic personal hygiene too. <laughs> Just date any dude in Portland. <laughs> You'll never have to pay for college because he never thought about going. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, if it's not too late for you, don't force a child out of your body. Push them inside. <laughs> And out again, and then in. <laughs> you guys know how sex works. Um, I like when my friends get married and have kids and then all that shit, because uh, everything involves a party, and I love festivities. Um, unfortunately, uh, I am your friend uh, who always cries. <laughs> I'm the sobber. I'm the party sobber. Oh, my God, I cried everything. Drop of a hat, like... Bridal showers and baby showers. Uh, I cry every night in my own shower. <laughs> yeah, just get a glass of white wine, turn it up real hot, and remember how I'm never having those other showers. <laughs> it's a sad one, but I'm doing okay. Uh, a, w a strange thing has happened to me though, like over the past like two years. I don't know what the fuck it is, but I've 
develop like this creepy taste for like 21, 22 year old men. <laughs> I know it's gross, right? Are there's nobody that young in here, right? I would I would have noticed. Um, <laughs> would have found ya. Um, like I can't hit on that group of people anymore like I'm officially not cool enough <laughs> and I know that because I was hitting on this kid and like <laughs> that does sound kind of weird <laughs> uh, I was trying to fuck this child <laughs> that better I was trying to fuck this child, and I didn't actually know uh, when I was hitting on him that he was 21, you know what I mean? And I was giving him what I thought were all my best lines. Uh, like, I was like, hey, you know who you look like? You kind of look like River Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> you know, modern references <laughs> for 2014 <laughs> about people who haven't been dead for over a decade. I <laughs> I said, you kind of like River Phoenix. And he said, who's that? And I was like, jackpot. <laughs> I'm so young. I'm a terrible person. I'm an awful person. Um, I don't, uh, so I don't have any kids, but I do have a four-year-old nephew. And uh, do you guys have kids in the front? How old are they? Do you guys know? <laughs> Why'd you look at him? Seems like you would remember that kind of thing. Didn't know who would answer. Oh. Eight, eight, eleven. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> you like how I pretended to care? <laughs> I do care, actually. I know. I know. It's getting harder and harder. Um, <laughs> My nephew's four, and uh, he's awesome, but it's always, like, really hard for me to describe him to people, you know? So I would just say, like, picture your kids, uh, but way better. <laughs> just, like, cuter and smarter. Like a higher-quality child, do you guys understand what I'm saying? All your kids are shitty compared to this one. Um, this one's awesome. He's so cute. He's four, and uh, it's gotten hard because he lives back in the Bay Area still, and he doesn't understand what it means that I moved to a place called Oregon. Uh, and, but he knows how to work a phone, you know? And he calls me all the fucking time. <laughs> this kid calls me so much. At this point, talking to my four-year-old nephew on the phone is exactly like talking to an ex I just broke up with. <laughs> Who's not accepting the situation <laughs> at all? It's all he. It's like talking to a creepy ex. He calls me and I see it and I'm like, fuck. It's <laughs> Jackson again. And I pick it up and I'm like, hey buddy, what's going on? It's like, Amy. Just a lot of heavy breathing. <laughs> Can you come over? <laughs> please, 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 just come over. I'm like, no, buddy. Uh, we've talked about this so many times. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with you anymore. He's like, yeah, just come over. You can make me a grilled cheese. <laughs> like, Jackson, buddy, I'm so sorry, uh, but I can't uh, come make you a grilled cheese because we're in different places now. <laughs> He's like, why can't you just be in the place where I'm at? 
<laughs> like, Jackson, honey, because uh, you're an alcoholic. <laughs> you can't get it up anymore. So much whiskey dick. What? What? It's not... Yes, it's a metaphor. Who said that? Thank you, professor. <laughs> what happened to your cool professor hat? I love that that was you that said that because <laughs> I already loved you earlier. Um, because I was thinking about, like, like I don't want to, like, put you in a box you don't want to be in, but you are, like, a type of person. Um, <laughs> like, I just was standing by the bar, and then you guys came in, and your lovely lady friend was like, uh, we don't have, uh, I didn't get us any seats yet. And then, you know, like, a normal person would be like, okay, let's get some or whatever, but you said, let's remedy that situation. <laughs> I'm like, that is a guy. You are a guy. You live here. You live in Berkeley. You live in New York. I've seen you. So many. I love it. Oh. That's a metaphor. If a simile comes out, please, please point that out. Oh, my God. That was, you guys are really fun. <laughs> Let's see. If I have anything else that I want to tell you. Um, I, uh, uh, good news uh, for you guys and your assumptions about me so far. Uh, I'm not just a chubby single white lady in my 30s. Uh, I do have a cat. <laughs> you knew it, right? What a relief. She finally brought it up. Um, I do have a cat, but I'm not a cat lady. I'm not. I know people say that, but I really am not. And you would know, because if you ever came to my house, you would see that I live on a really busy street, and I encourage my cat to go outside. <laughs> I know. Eight years later, she's still not dead. It fucking sucks. She keeps coming back. Sometimes I drink a bunch of whiskey and just drive around out there. <laughs> She always shows up. <laughs> I hate that, too. I hate that term. Like, I'm not a cat lady. Why do I have to defend that? It's such a crazy thing. Like, I got this cat in my 20s. Do you know what kind of fucking terrible decisions I made in my 20s? I dyed my hair black once. Nobody wants to see that on this complexion. I just look like a fat goth without the musical taste. You know? It was awful. So many bad decisions. Uh, I uh, had sexual relations with terrible pop singer Gavin DeGraw. Ooh. I know, that's not a celebrity you make up. <laughs> and it was not that much fun. <laughs> but that's what you do. You just do stupid shit in your 20s. That's what you do. So you know what? Like, another thing I did is that one day someone was like, do you want this baby kitten? And I was like, fuck yeah, I want that baby kid. You know I don't think far enough ahead to say no to this right now. <laughs> Give me that cat. So, you know, like a lot of you got um, incurable STDs in your 20s. I just have a cat. <laughs> just fucking lay off about it. I have this cat. 
Uh, but I, I haven't been in my building that long, and I ran into my landlord one morning, and he was very concerned because he saw this open window. And he was like, hey, I noticed your window was open. Was that on purpose? I was like, uh, yeah, that's how the cat gets out, so she'll fucking die eventually. <laughs> and I can live in peace. Um, my landlord said, oh, good. I just want to make sure, because this apartment used to have a peeping Tom. <laughs> but he probably quit when you got here. <laughs> a man said that to my face. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Do you know what you just did? You just made me feel rejected and physically unsafe in the same <laughs> sentence. <laughs> Have you by any chance ever been a church camp counselor? <laughs> I recognize this exchange. <laughs> I loved it though. I, he thought I was offended. I, I love that he didn't say like, maybe the cops got the peeping Tom. Maybe it's not a problem anymore. <laughs> He said maybe he quit when you got here. As if there was a peeping Tom dedicated to his life of peeping Tom foolery. <laughs> that just got one peek of me and he was like, I'm out. I can't. I'm done. I quit. I don't know. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it because I started to picture him like retiring to a head peeping Tom. In an office, you know, like a cop turning in his gun and badge, but it's just a pair of binoculars and a jizz rag. <laughs> not, not cut out for it anymore, boss. I gotta quit. I don't know what's happening with women, but she turned around and it was like mashed potatoes back there. <laughs> For those of you who are grossed out, like, what do you want from me? Meringue? Is that? <laughs> like, cauliflower? What? What do you guys want? What I'm asking is, for the purposes of this joke, what is the funniest lumpy white thing that's not my actual butt? It's Phil Collins. Thank you, guys. to give it up again for Amy Miller. I love that lady. She's got great bangs and such little feet. It's adorable. Thank you, everybody, for coming out and being awesome and laughing and fabulous. And um, we have a money for the funny jar, so please put everything you have in your wallets in there, and we're going to give it to the four comedians, so don't be shy, okay? Thank you. Good night.